When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're going to dive in and dissect. Really not much of a decision, quite honestly. But Dylan Riola off to OHIO. Not shockwaves for me. I don't know about you, but we'll dive into Nebraska's true chances at grabbing him. Uh, In Hour 1, Mitch Sherman will join us, talk some Big Red Ball with him, get his take on uh, some recruiting for the Nebraska. In Hour 2, Rick Kaczynski joins us Tuesdays with Kaz. We'll recap Better Call Saul, Mike St. James with us at 540. We're getting down to the end, man, the finish line of uh, a pretty iconic TV series. There was a spinoff of Breaking Bad, uh, two episodes less left. We'll see what uh, Mr. St. James thought of last night's uh, rendition. Numbers to dial up. Get involved at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Email the show chris at hailvarsity.com and follow us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt, me at Schmidt underscore radio, Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence on Twitter. Before this hour's done and before six, we'll give you a shot at qualifying to beef up your backyard. That the that cooker, that smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, the Smoky Mountain Smoker, and uh, also a gift card to Russ's so you can get ribs, you can get beef, you can get whatever you want to throw on your smoker. That giveaway towards the end of May. Level of surprise. Let's get into it. Where were you at as a Nebraska fan in the Dylan Riola sweepstakes? Were you hoping that 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 Powerball ticket hit? Were you realistic that Nebraska's a long shot? And, And maybe that's harsh. Maybe that's not nice. And I know there's bloodlines, family ties, familiarity, all that good stuff. I think Nebraska, quite frankly, got a couple, well, more than a couple. Nebraska, I have no doubt, worked their butt off to try and impress Dylan Rayola, top quarterback in 2024. I have no doubt that he probably enjoyed himself. I have no doubt he has a, a pretty good understanding of Nebraska football history because of his uncle. I uh, make that because of his father. And and it doesn't hurt that, that his uncle's coaching the O-line right now. You know, we, we can get into uncle 
is he qualified for the job? Well, well, yeah, he's he's coached. He's coached in the NFL. There's there's that floating around out there. Uh, well, you know, you hired the guy because of his uh, his net. No, I don't think you can do that. It doesn't hurt, but I think when when push comes to shove, it is do or die time. And part of doing is having a good offensive line, and Donnie Raiola uh, will will be an option. Uh, his his job is to make Nebraska's offensive line more physical, and be part of a larger, uh, bigger picture of of Whipple and and Applewhite and Raiola and and Frost. Right? I mean, all those cooks got to make a great meal about seven or eight times a, a ball game. <laughs> <laughs> or seven, eight times next season. At least get you into postseason. But as a Nebraska fan, are you are you really that shocked that that he said, eh, you know, I'm going to Ohio State. I am not. Absolutely not. Nebraska got three, at least one courtesy offer or visit. And then that turned into two, and then that turned into spring game. If anything, it makes Nebraska look great that you got a guy the caliber of Dylan Riola coming to your spring game. Well, okay, which one of these is not like the other? Nebraska, Ohio State, Alabama, USC. I'm missing one. I'm missing one of the programs. Point is, is the who's who a quarterback? Uh, Georgia, sorry. Ah, ah, just Georgia. Those those guys that won the national championship. Nebraska got a visit and a second visit and then a spring game visit because of the relationship, because of probably some honest intrigue. And if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you, I promise. But you just, and listen, Nebraska doesn't have an awful history of of quarterback production. Right? Frost still has Mariota and Milton under his belt. Nothing to sneeze at. From a recency standpoint, Coach Whipple still has Kenny Pickett. We'll see how things go for him in the NFL. And Nebraska got Chubba Pretty and Casey Thompson. Okay, the, the Big 12 leader in touchdown passes. All of that is, is very nice. It isn't the projected number one quarterback overall in, in Stroud. That Ohio State has under Ryan Day. It's not Fields, top pick, incredible ball player, Chicago fans hope, really good college quarterback, uh, uh, God rest his soul, Haskins, top 15 pick, and and even the Joe Burrow was there. Okay, <laughs> he had to pick between Haskins and Joe Burrow. Now Ryan Day was the interim in 2017. Sound right? 2018. 2018. And and Tim Beck did some of that recruiting before Ryan Day got there and took over as quarterbacks in OC in 18. But the point is, is the run Ohio State's been on is only comparable to what Bama's done. And I know Clemson's had, had some good quarterbacks as well. They've been the playoff teams. But that's what's going to happen. The top quarterbacks are going to keep going to the top schools that produce. Oklahoma's in there as well uh, through, the, through the transfer setup. Uh, with with their run of Heisman winners. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, J- Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so Nebraska needs to do something on the field, period. Nebraska needs to show that, okay, out of high school, can they recruit somebody and develop somebody? 
And, and Adrian was a four-year guy for Nebraska, did some good things. He's not here any longer. That's, that's all you have to go on right now if you're a prospect looking in at Nebraska. And Nebraska got, got the courtesy call three times. And it helped Nebraska from a perception standpoint. I'll get into the quarterbacks Nebraska's still out to. Here is Nebraska's best-case scenario for Dylan Riola. Ryan Day goes to the NFL after next year. And it's portal time, or it's 12th hour flip time, or is as rampant as transfer situations are at the quarterback position, you get him on the way back around if everybody's still here. If you're a Nebraska fan, you hope that things don't get shaken up, turnover sucks. It's been that way the last 20 years. But there's you keep the, the bridge built, fire-free, and say that the door is always open for you, Dylan. Good luck at Ohio State, except when Nebraska plays them, which isn't on the schedule every year. John's with us on Hale Varsity. John, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. You bet. Hey, Smitty, how's it going? Good. What's up? Hey, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend, with Dylan. Here's what, here's what I think. I think he wants to come here, but he did the smart thing. He, he committed to a great place, and if things don't go well next year for the Huskers, well, he, you know, his move is safe. But if we have a great year, we can turn it around, we can get this thing going like I think we can, now all of a sudden he's thinking, yeah, that, that choice, not, that's where I want to go is a much safer place to be at than it was now. There's, so, there's absolute, John. There's absolute, absolutely uncertainty around Nebraska. There's probably uncertainty around a little. I mean, not, not to the degree, but we've heard Ryan Day's mentioned in the NFL. Okay, so sure, it, it's it. Nothing's ever in ink or set in stone. I think he wants to go play pro ball. I think the place he felt most comfortable with, based on his visits is Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's going after a 2023 quarterback because they got his commitment. So there's some um, there's some commitment on Ohio State's part, and, and we'll see. Now, they just lost the, the Ewers, not just, but they lost the Ewers kid, but they landed him uh, as a, a five-star quarterback, but he transferred back down to Texas. So uh, there's that. It just It's just an apples and oranges discussion right now with quarterback production, development, and NFL readiness right now, Nebraska versus Ohio State, it's, it's not even a conversation. Yeah, I agree. Hey, and while I'm on the line, can I give a free shout-out to the Husker women's softball team that's going to go win the Big Ten tournament, then we're going to go to the NCAs, then we're going to win the Supers, and then we're going to be in Oklahoma City, baby. That'd be awesome, man. Last time Nebraska was in the uh, Women's College World Series, I was doing radio for him, and that's been about 20 years, 19 years. But uh, I hope Coach Ravel and the Husker women get it done. They're a lot of fun. They're an awesome group. That's right. All right, thanks, Thanks, guys. Sean. Appreciate it. You too. Roadshow? Roadshow in Oklahoma City if they make it down there? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We could figure that out. That'd be all right. That'd be fun. But Listen, can, I, can I, I, I like I like John's optimism. I, I love his passion. Good dude, loyal listener. I I think it's a no brainer. I think it's an absolute no brainer. And 
if you're a Nebraska fan that's upset about this, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, but it's a business decision. And Dominic Crayola is not going to tell this kid to, to go to his old mater. Uncle Donnie's not going to say, come here and save us. No. I mean, fix on the field what you can fix. You've got good talent and good players here. And start winning some ball games, and it's not going to – maybe you get that, that quarterback. Here's what I, I don't we, – what we don't know. And, and you can paint it as this. From a quarterback standpoint, is, is, is Raiola going to be that, that game-changer quarterback? Is he going to be Turner Gill, Tommy Frazier, the quarterback that took you from really good to championship contender? He's billed that coming out of high school. Is he going to be a college quarterback that's pretty good slash one of the greats? We'll see. Is he going to be good to serviceable? And and this, to me, when I say good to serviceable, I think of the Armstrong or T-Magic that put up six stats, won you nine or ten ball games, and, and didn't win a championship. I, I have no fear barring injury, that he's going to avoid the, the, the Harrison Beck stamp of total flame out and flake because of his family, his work ethic, and, and the kid he is. Okay? He's not a, not a psycho. Sorry, Harrison. It's all good. You're entertaining. So those are the categories you go into. Okay? That's what you go into. <laughs> what? Harrison <laughs> Well, no, come on. I mean, you've, you've got, is the kid going to be the next Turner Gill, Tommy Frazier to turn the program and go beat Oklahoma and go beat Miami? Or is he going to be packing his car and leaving his apartment on a Tuesday? Well, I mean, you, I think you can even look just more recently among the guys who have been the top quarterback recruits in their classes. Is he going to be Trevor Lawrence or is he going to be Tate Martell? I mean, oh, when you, mean, you look at the guys. Tate's you, always got a for sale sign in front of his suite. Yeah, I think he's retired from football now, but... Uh, I mean, I mean, too, too soon. I mean, in the NIL era, but th- there's a lot always more. willing someone to spend money on Tater. There's a lot more of those guys. I mean, with with how just over evaluated all these quarterback prospects are out of high school. Uh, you have a lot more of these guys that they actually live up to the billing that you expect. You look at the, the past five years, the top quarterback recruits. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Tate Martell is the exception. Quinn Ewers, we're not all that sure about him. But just look at those guys and look at how long and drawn out their recruitments were. I mean, Justin Fields, uh, no idea where he was going. Ends up in Georgia and then transfers to Ohio State. Trevor Lawrence is pretty much the exception here of a guy who committed early to his school, stuck with that school all the way through, uh, and ended up going to Clemson and did great things for Clemson. Then you got Quinn Ewers, who was started out at Texas and then decommits right before signing day, goes off to Ohio State, makes a semester at Ohio State, and, and comes back. Th- this recruitment is far from over, mm-hmm. is what I'll say here. Um, I-, I think he'll live up to the billing, but the way I see it is this is a guy who is – got his Ohio State offer and says, you know what, I'm going to lock this in. I'm going to commit, make sure if anything bad were to happen, say I tear up my knee junior year and I come back senior year and my stats aren't living up to what I put up my sophomore year, you still have that Ohio State offer and commitment in your back pocket. And even if they were to pull the offer, you were just an Ohio State commit, the number one in the country, you're going to find a good landing spot. This is him, I think, locking in his place as one of the top quarterbacks in that class. No matter what happens, you were the Ohio State commit. You were the number one quarterback in the country, even if things change in the next few years. Ohio State has not missed on the yep. field with their quarterbacks. Yep. Period. SC's had 100 guys in and out 
during the Sumlin era. They all started at A&M. They all killed it somewhere else except for Johnny Football. Okay. Ohio State's not missed. Dabo uh, with Trevor and Watson didn't miss. Georgia's been pretty good. On top of the fact they surround him with insane talent on the lines of scrimmage. Places that have been really flighty, well, Tennessee's whiffed a lot. SC's whiffed a lot. Texas has whiffed a lot. LSU's had quarterback problems for a long time until Johnny, until Joe Burrow went down there. Save the day. It's about it. So that, that high-projected prospect and Ohio State's history of quarterback... With Ryan Day, no-brainer. This is a guy that doesn't graduate high school for 24 months still. There's still a lot of time left in this. There is, but he knows where he wants to go. Mitch Sherman next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Mitch Sherman time with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how you doing? I'm well. I'm well. How are you, Chris? We're good, man. Uh, you are in the thick of uh, youth baseball season. I am waiting for Legion tryouts and hopefully Legion season. It's been weird over the last couple of weekends to not have ball to go to, but I know you're uh, you're uh, throwing signs out from third base uh, quite a bit. I know. I know. I, know. I, I feel for these new uh, newly minted high school parents. Things Things kind of change a little bit. I've got some of that going on with uh, some neighbors and friends here in our, in our area and I'm I'm uh, I'm savoring every game and every every year that I'm on the on the diamond with these kids uh while they're still young. Yeah, I'm the first base coach, but um <laughs> I appreciate you always asking and uh you know, my signs are more like whispering in the ear. They get the they get the the actual signs from across gotcha. the field at third. So you're yeah. you're the uh, you're the get back guy. I love it. I love it. Well, see, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We you know we take it a little farther than that, but uh, sometimes we over, sometimes we just overrule the third base coach and say let's let's steal here. See, the, the, the first base coach was always most important in my youth playing career because they would have to know yes. that I had the the ability to stretch a double into a single. They had to know that that whenever that mm-hmm. ball got to the gap, there oh. was no way I was getting a second base. Did not Roger, matter. You uh, you, you hold up here, son. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we had a lot of that going on last night. Yeah, big win for for our boys. Uh, yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy being the first base coach because um, I get to talk to all of them. You know, if, if the third base, if you're you know, you don't always get to third. So, but everybody who gets on base, I, I get to talk to them. So that's that's fun for me. All right, so reaction to Dylan Raiola saying OHIO. Uh, I'm not really that shocked, and I know some Nebraska fans are are like, well, 
shoot, but I, how realistic was it in your mind that Nebraska was in this, or do you think they were in the race for Dylan? Well, I kind of knew this was coming, and I found out today on Twitter that I, I was maybe in the minority on that. Um, I expected it for the last month to, mm-hmm. for, for him to commit to Ohio State before his junior year and then had heard some rumblings that he was going to want to do it around his birthday um, not that long ago. Um, I, it was it, so I wasn't surprised. Um, in fact, when I saw um, some of the some of the cryptic tweets last night um, from from Arizona, I was like, "Well, I know what this is." And um, so, in that sense, it wasn't realistic for Nebraska at the end. And really, I think when Dylan became um, kind of the face of the 2024 class, and the offers started piling up from Alabama, Georgia, Texas. USC, Ohio State, Georgia. <clears throat> that was that was um, that was not a good sign for Nebraska, um, and, and and that that he wanted to do it early was also ominous and didn't bode well for Nebraska. Really, the the only way that it could have worked with him at that high of a stature, I think, would have been for Nebraska to to have a major turnaround on the field and have an offense that looked like um, it was ready to produce NFL quarterbacks here in, in 2022 on the field, and then for him to, to go with the normal timetable. You, usually uh, you see the top quarterbacks committing after their junior seasons, but you know he is so highly regarded uh, right now that you know might as well get it done. Um, he's, he's had the ability, unlike a lot of kids who are 15 years old, to go out and visit everywhere he wanted to see. And that's the benefit of having a dad who was in the NFL for as long as Dominic was and, and um, who knew coaches and had the resources to take him all over the country. So um, not surprised from that side of it that, that Dylan committed early. Um, I think it was realistic for Nebraska a year ago, way back at the beginning of this thing. Like when we saw him at Friday Night Lights in Lincoln last June, that was, um, well, that was a light bulb moment. It was like, wow, I, I can't believe this kid is is, is – barely 15 and this good and hasn't started a high school game yet but uh you know he quickly exploded on the national scene and and as that occurred and nebraska's sitting there coming off a three-win season you know it's it's just uh, it's a tough one even um you know when your uncle is on the staff and and scott frost uh you know has had developed a good relationship with him and his family mitch sherman's with us hail var city radio i look at, at dylan and and you just laid out the the wow factor with him, and then you look at Ryan Day and Ohio State. I mean, it's been them and Bama that have just kind of been printing first rounders, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, you can just look at Justin Fields um, <laughs> and others, you know, Dwayne Haskins, others that have come out of Ohio State in recent year years and gone right into the first round of the NFL. And there are not many schools. You mentioned Alabama. Um, but there are not many schools. Clemson um, is another uh, that can can say that, and that means so much to a high school prospect who is the the stature of Dylan Rayola. Um, you know his his vision, his dream, um, especially with a with a father who played in the NFL, is to get there and and do it at that level. And that that is you know that becomes more important than the things that so many other top prospects out of high school are looking at, you know, all of the conversation right now, it seems around college football is about NIL. Um, But no matter what's going on with NIL, um, you know, the ultimate uh, payoff 
for a player like Dylan Rayola is to be in the NFL and to be a first-round pick. And that's what Ohio State has and Ryan Day have proven more than once to, already in, in his short time there to be able to do with quarterbacks uh, who, who come through that program. Mitch, going to switch gears. Uh, you did a mailbag session, and what did they get your take here on, on how the, the meshing is going, specifically with Frost and Whipple, uh, passing game, run game, and uh, what, what road bumps still exist? I think it's the number one question going into in preseason camp when, when they are in those days before, and you know, coming out of Big Ten media days and, and they get back to Lincoln. It's a short time in July before camp opens, of course, because of the week zero game again this year. That, that you know, I don't, I don't know that we're going to get an answer right then, but it'll probably be the biggest thing on my mind is, is where are, are, is this offense at in bringing together, marrying, as Scott Frost has. Um, has described it that these these two philosophies and systems, and I don't mean to say that they're divergent, that they you know are all that much different um, from one another. But um, you know, as I detailed today um, in answering a mailbag question about this, you know, Frost is is the run uh, the run guy. Um, you know, his schemes are are really important and, and you know very influential to what Nebraska is going to do in running the football and, and being creative in running the football, um, not just with the running backs, but um, how much they incorporate the QB in the run game, um, how, how much the receivers get involved in the run game. Um, I think it's a little bit of an opportunity for Scott Frost to have a renaissance in his, in, in his uh, designing of run plays and be, because he has handed off the rest of the offense to Mark Whipple, who is who has his pass offense to come in, so bringing those two things together, uh, to me, really is at the heart of what is going to make this offense successful or not successful right away um, in 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 the fall. And a lot of that, of course, goes back to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it an offensive line that can can run block and move the line of scrimmage? like they seem to improve at doing in a short period of time in the spring, but also protect the quarterback. Those are, those are pretty significant um, differences in responsibility. And you can have a, a line that's good at doing one thing and not good at doing the other. And I think the, this, this group for, for, um, for Donovan Rayola, it, it's going to need to be able to do both of them for Nebraska to do what it wants in meshing these Frost and Whipple systems. Do you worry about the ability to, to be better at pass pro? I like hearing that they want to be more aggressive and they want to run the football and be physical because that's how you got to live life, running the football in the Big Ten. But we've, we're not coming off uh, great numbers if you're a football fan with Nebraska's protection of a quarterback, new quarterback, presumably healthy new parts on the offensive line. You need to be able to do both, but uh, can you be serviceable at one and good at the other? That's the hope. Um, You know, I don't know that this line has, you know, I don't know that you can realistically say they're going to be dominant at both. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just not who they are right now um, in their, in their growth as a, in development as a group. Um, maybe they'll surprise me, you know, maybe 
Donovan is going to work wonders with this with this um, this set of guys. But you know, really, they're two, two of their most, if not their two most important linemen, haven't practiced with him yet. They've been on the field, you know, walking around, extra coaches. But you know, Teddy Prohaska and Turner Corcoran, and maybe it's a little bit of a blessing that those are the two who are out because maybe they're the you, you know the two that you can count on. Um, the most easily to come back in a short period of time. That's a little bit of glass half full um, analysis for you right there. But obviously you would have liked to have had those two guys on the field in the spring to start to get incorporated into what, um, what Rayola wants to do with this group and, and, and what Whipple and Frost want this group to be able to do to be effective at running and throwing the ball. I mean, you, you know, you're not looking to move the line five yards upfield um, when the quarterback is sitting in the pocket. So they're like, like with any offensive line, they are distinctly different sets of skills. And linemen have to be good at both. Nebraska wasn't good at protecting the passer last year. And, and you know, fortunately, Adrian Martinez did a nice job of completing passes and, um, you know, operating under pressure. That – Casey Thompson struggled at that uh, more so than Martinez did in his in his time at Texas. Now, different situation, um, you know, different different level of different 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 uh, competition. Um, it may not be apples to apples in comparing the numbers, um, but I do think it, it it's worth looking at and, and noting um, some of the struggles that Casey that Casey Thompson had last year when he was pressured at Texas, and it just makes it even more essential, I would say for Nebraska to do a good job in, in, in pass protection. Um, that, that Otherwise, you know, guys like Trey Palmer and Omar Manning and Oliver Martin, um, it's not going to matter if they're open downfield, um, if, uh, if the quarterback is, is, is getting pressured as, really as often as Martinez was last year. They've got to, they've got to cut down on the, uh, the frequency with which uh, defensive players are, are invading the Nebraska backfield. Mitch, with about 15 seconds here, just your quick reaction. Are you surprised that Nebraska has put in so much work in the transfer portal for the D-line in the spring and no work along the offensive line? Well, there's just not as many players out there on the offensive line. Um, the D-line, they're also at a premium, but there have been some, some guys who have uh, you know, quickly come on the radar of Nebraska when they've come into the portal and, and clearly big wins with O'Shawn Mathis and Devin Drew. Um, Nebraska's not done trying to find players, but – um, you know, on both sides of the line of scrimmage, there, there, there just aren't a ton of options. The Huskers did get the two offensive linemen out of the portal before the spring. So, you know, that softens the, uh, the blow somewhat. But, you know, I don't really see um, a whole lot more out there on the offensive side that they can add. Mitch, we'll talk next week, bud. Thanks for the time today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman on Dylan Riola, Nebraska's offensive marriage. 
Be sure to get that on the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, as uh, the full interview will be posted. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio, six days a week. Your chance to uh, get caught up on your time. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, give us a rating, subscribe. It is free. Rick Kaczynski in 20 minutes, his take on uh, all things pigskin. Mike St. James, Better Call Saul recap in about an hour. So, just uh, in case you were worried he was going to go away, Tom Brady set to join Fox's NFL coverage. And we're talking 10 years, $375 million. And Tom's tweeted out, look, I'm, there's still work to do or something along those lines. And one, do you care? Do you want to see Tom Brady as part of your Sunday afternoons in a different role? Two, is this going to be a bleep show? Or three, do you think it can be something in his own way, similar to what you have with with Peyton Manning, right? Because Drew Brees jumped into the broadcast booth. Wasn't awful. Wasn't great. He was fine. He knows football. Is he going to be John Madden? Is he going to be Terry Bradshaw? Is he going to be Troy Aikman? Is he going to be Romo? I mean, Romo's kind of fun to me when he does games, just because he's calling things out and him and Nance work well. I, I need the games to be great first and foremost, so give me a phenomenal schedule that's on my TV and saving me bar bills having to go to a bar to watch the game I want to see versus the game I have to see. But that's that's a me problem. So is Tom going to be successful at this? Man in the Arena, that's the ESPN Plus kind of docu-series with Tom Brady. He is decent to good on camera. The, the 30 for 30 on the tuck rule game with him and Woodson. That was pretty unique where you have two guys on opposite sides of the ball linked forever as teammates from Michigan sitting down and watching that game. Man in the arena is pretty good. I know that's a documentary type setup. This is live action. And every time I hear a halftime interview on, on our Monday night football coverage, it's, it used to be Jim Gray doing it. Now it's, yeah, the guy that was Rich Eisen, a little more personality with Rich thankfully. I I think it'll be all right. Is it going to be must-see TV for me? I'll check out his first ball game, but I'm ultimately watching, hopefully for a end-of-game finish or some sort of fun overtime we can whine about. He'll be fine. He has a personality to do it. The thing that I think you can bet on is Tom Brady being a guy that is going to put the same amount of work into life outside of football as he has done with football. I think that's that's the known quantity. So if he's hard to listen to and watch initially, he'll work his ass off to make sure he's beyond serviceable. And you kind of either got it or you don't, and you can work to get better. But Fox needed something. I mean, you lost... 
you lost your your top crew over to ESPN Monday Night Football. NBC's set up with Tarico and Collinsworth, and and some of you don't like Collinsworth. I get a kick out of him, but that goes back to me really enjoying his commentary during the '95 Orange Bowl when he was with NBC. And then you've got the Amazon set up with Michaels and Kirk uh, Herbie. So and the, I'm the, the 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 jury's still out on me for that selection. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. Really? Like Kirk Herbstreit, he did fine, I guess, in his NFL, the Monday night games. I think he did two of them last year. He did fine, but... He, d- he does not strike you as an NFL guy. No. Right? That's your issue. Yeah. He knows football. He's done it for 100 years. His his wheelhouse is college. And to me, he's one of the faces of college football. Sure, but why not get a little extra coin, I guess? I, guess. I don't know. I mean, Amazon prints money. Or at least they did. So... Why not go do this? I think it'll be all right. I'm not wowed by it. I'm not overwhelmed by it. I think it'll be okay. Well, it, it's it's just interesting Fox not blinking. Yes, Tom, here's $375 million over 10 years. And there's been reports out this afternoon that that number might not be entirely accurate. Um, however, we, we know what's but in that neighborhood. you got to throw some touchdown passes to, <laughs> to, to hit his benchmarks. We, we know it's going to be in that neighborhood. And my main takeaway is I'm really excited for what Fox can do with the broadcast with uh, Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady. I like Burkhart. I don't think he's ever been paired up with the right guy next to him. I think this is Fox saying, you know what? We like your talent, Kevin. We're going to put you with somebody a la uh, Tony Romo. A similar situation where we're going to put you with somebody who is going to get the ears. Uh, Everyone's going to want to listen to Tom Brady, especially early on in his career. How is this guy going to be? And then guess what? Kevin also gets a bit of a... You know, Fox was smart. They they team, and I think Burkhardt's good. This isn't... Pair Brady up with Kugler. Kugler's done some Fox Mm. TV. He's done a lot of Fox TV. He's incredible. Pair Kugler up... With T. Brady. Well, and I think and that, that, that would kill. I think that's going to be the key is who does Tom Brady get paired up with? It sounds like at the moment it's Burkhart. I like Burkhart. I think that could work. But as you, I think Kugler could work as well. I think that's going to be the key is we've seen that with uh, Tony Romo and, and Nance. They, as a team, are very good chemistry. They sound great in all their broadcasts. Uh, they don't really step on each other's toes. It works really well. Uh, and I guess the, the jury's still it for me as well on what Tom Brady's pairing is going to look like. But I'm excited for this. I, I think he's... Um, of anyone uh, currently in the NFL that I think could make a good broadcasting career. He's probably the, the top choice for me just based on the work ethic he's shown through the NFL. Mm-hmm. Got to assume he's going to bring that same work ethic to broadcasting, which you need if you're going to be doing NFL games. And this should be great. Fox doesn't mess around, man. They went and got John Madden to launch their NFL brand. Uh, they've had Greg Norman, Pete Rose, A-Rod. Uh, Gus Johnson's kind of their global voice for soccer. They need Gus doing... More, not less. I mean, I think he's he does NFL, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I yeah. just never get that game. I believe they had Gus Johnson paired up with Akeem Talib this year, which was a was a fun pairing. But yeah, it was, it was, it was never on. Pretty good. It was never on local Nebraska TV. I saw. No, I had did. to watch on Sunday Ticket because it was always a terrible game. <laughs> it was always the Lions against somebody. And I go, oh. you're forever, you're forever banished to Detroit. That's your game. What game you have? I have Detroit versus. The Jets. <laughs> Every week. 
Oh, man. Seven straight weeks of broadcasting (laughs) Lions games. (laughs) Ah, sweet. Germany, you're getting NFL. Ah, yes. Great Britain, you're getting NFL. Who are you sending us? How about Detroit? Detroit, Jacksonville. (laughs) Always, all the time. They're just, they're moving over there. That's funny. We'll wind down hour one. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Were you leading, surprised, or disappointed with the Riola decision? Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Got a great story to tell you about. The cast of Breaking Bad, Walt and Jesse drinking tequila with the masses last weekend. Big uh, night of playoff ball. NHL in full swing as well. My abs got a sweep. Yeah, get the old broom out. Somehow, some way, the Suns' Mavs are tied it to a piece. Heat and Sixers looks like uh, tied a piece to a piece as well and good for golden state if uh you're a dubs fan going over 15 and then finding a way to win by three uh that was important and uh incredible uh justin lapierre uh gonna be with us tomorrow on hail varsity he is the director of day by day uh, excited to have him in studio for for quite a bit of hour two, and uh, that's that's nails. Uh, the premiere for Day by Day drops on Thursday at the Rococo Theater. Screenings, of course, Friday and Saturday as well for the Rise Part One of this documentary, and uh, he'll be with us tomorrow. Ron Brown will join us on Thursday. Numbers to dial up: four six six three seven seven six eight hundred. Eight two five five eight six five. I said La Pierre. It's La Pera. So Justin will be with us. A pretty accomplished filmmaker, and uh, he'll be with us. That'll be nice. And if you like the live stream aspect of things, we're we're efforting getting a live stream of that up on uh, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter page, so you can uh, watch and see Schmidt and I's beautiful faces. That well, that's that's absolutely the endorsement. People have been wanting to hear. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to drive traffic for sure. A reminder to you about buckling up. We uh, say it every day and we mean it all the time uh, when it comes to safety and uh, doing the best for yourself when you're on the road. And uh, that includes uh, buckling up. Hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver has one job. That's to drive message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. It is that time to get you qualified for beefing up your backyard. Do you have a grill? Hopefully. Do you have a smoker? Maybe not. The Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker is exquisite. It's at Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop. If you're in Lincoln, Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop is just there kind of west of 56th on Old Cheney. Go in and take a gander at the uh, the smoker. You could win. Also, gift card to Russ's Market. That will purchase the meat for your said smoker. I have shifted. Uh, St. Louis-style ribs are incredible. Baby backs 
are fantastic. They're both good, and you'll both enjoy them on your your cooker, your smoker here. But you got to win first. Be Caller 9 right now to qualify the giveaway. going to be the end of May. We'll give you a chance right now to qualify this hour, next hour, before we say goodbye, another chance to qualify with Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln four times a day. Morning hookup, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and, of course, right here at Hale Varsity. Caller 9 makes it happen right now. Get qualified to beef up your backyard. 4663776 Coach Kaz next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Rick Kaczynski at Tuesday with Kaz, longtime assistant at Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, uh, what's shaking, man? It's uh, it's finals week, and then uh, you bridge on to summertime for a uh, for pretty important summer session, and then you blink, and before you know it, uh, season will be here. I just booked passage for Ireland. So we are uh, officially heading over that way. We as in my uh, my radio partner and I. No, oh, that sounds great. You'll enjoy that, man. Had an opportunity to get over there ways uh, ways back. But yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, beautiful country. So yeah, you'll enjoy you'll enjoy the trip. So uh, yeah, it'll be good. But that's a any uh, that's, a, that's a must. That's a must win. That's a long flight <laughs> home. That's for sure. <laughs> If there's ever been a must win, that'll be it. Don't disagree at all. That'll be a that might be a tarmac meeting. You don't win that one. <laughs> the the old lane special. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, what'd you do in Ireland? I mean, any any hot spots that you remember? Or was it so long ago? Maybe no. I mean, you know, did a lot of you know, went to uh, you know a lot of touristy things. Um, it, you know, a lot of it just really saw the countryside. Um, it, it was more, you know, we went, we played Navy over there mm. and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a cool deal, man, you know, different culture, you know, different time. I'm sure it's even changed even more. Went over to uh, Trinity college over in Dublin. Um, you know, the, Guinness uh, is over there. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to do, and uh, went to a couple uh, local establishments. Man, pretty neat. Just in the neighborhoods, 
those type of things. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty neat, man. So yeah, you'll enjoy it. So yeah, beautiful, beautiful country. I have a layover in Amsterdam. You had any buddies that have hit Amsterdam before? Yeah, actually a good friend of mine. Um, you know, good friend of mine, um, studied abroad over there or hung out there. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know how much, uh, I don't know how much went on, how much studying went on, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just like everything else, there's a lot of good parts, a lot of bad parts, but, um, been over to Germany, but I was in, um, uh, Hamburg or however the hell they say it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's, uh, it's clean over there and it kind of makes you disappointed in the United States. You know, we built all that stuff back up. It's, it's, uh, it's beautiful over there, you know, nice and clean. Everything's clean. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's still a lot. Yeah. I think you have to sweep your sidewalk really? every day. I, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I, I swear you, you can look that up. So, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, but love the States, man. Wouldn't trade it. Glad. <laughs> Glad I'm from here. Glad we live here. Probably will never, uh, never leave the states as long as I live, unless I'm, I'm on the run from the law. But other than that, I plan on being here. Gaz, want to get your take uh, reaction with uh, Dylan Riola, top ranked quarterback for for 2024. Of course, the family ties with Nebraska, choosing Ohio State last night. The fan base. Uh, in in Nebraska, some are very realistic that long shot to get him based on what Ohio State's done and some of the other peer schools recruiting him, USC, Georgia, Bama. Uh, Nebraska had him in uh, Lincoln three times since June. But ultimately, you really can't argue with what Ryan Day's done with his quarterbacks. No, not only that. and I mean, you got a chance to... Uh, you got a chance to compete for for the playoffs and the national championship and and that's what you know unfortunately with the way the bowl system has gone that's that's what it's about it's this isn't uh this isn't anything new um you you look at the programs that are recruiting well and and you have um you know you have the clemsons the georgias the alabamas the, the teams that uh, i know notre dame's doing doing pretty well right now, but, you know, historically since the playoff system's been in, uh, those are the, those are the teams where kids want to go. I mean, and it's taken away from, it's taken away from the bowl games. And unfortunately it, it just seems like success of a program, um, you know, is based on if you get to that playoff and if you're winning playoffs. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise to me. And I think too, I mean, I understand his dad went there and his, his uncle's the coach, but ultimately, I mean, we're, we're parents. I mean, you do, if, if Notre Dame, I mean, it isn't, if my son's fortunate enough to, uh, to be recruited, um, in any sport and, and Notre Dame is not doing well, uh, I have absolutely, absolutely no problem. It's not my experience. It's not the dad's experience. It's, it's not the, it's not the uncle's experience. It's, it's the kid's experience. So, um, you know, you can't, you can't fault the kid. He wants to go where he's got an opportunity to, uh, to be successful as an individual player, but also compete for championships, uh, not, not just in the conference, but also on a, on a national level. So, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, 
it's hard to compete against that right now. You know, when you're a top player like that, it's uh man, they're tough. They're, they're tough to get. And unfortunately the top players in the country right now are, are going to those playoff schools. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Hail varsity radio. Kaz, uh, want to talk a little bit here about Nebraska's offense, the, the mesh part of Whipple and uh, what he wants to do as coordinator and, and Frost, and you have, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, a certain idea with, with what the run game should be by Frost, and that's going to be more physical, or it needs to be a physical run game. You know the Big Ten well, and uh, I'm, I'm interested here how things continue to move forward so everyone's on the same page. Is it, Frost is still the head coach, so it's his directive, I would say, but you brought in some new voices to theoretically hear what they have to say and what's worked. Um, you've got not a lot of time before things really get going. Well, I, I think, you know, Shmi, when you're, when you're the boss of something and um, it, it's hard to, you, you set the, you set the tone for everything. Mm-hmm. It, you're never, it's an, it's going to be impossible for, for coach frost to just sit back um i mean obviously you bring the experience in uh what you have in in a guy like coach whipple Mm -hmm. you got an older guy that you know he's been there done that you know everybody's got egos but usually those older guys you know they're um they're on their swan song they don't get quite as caught up in that stuff so but obviously it's still coach frost's offense it's still his theory it's still what he wants and it's it's going to come down uh, you know how what Scott wants fits into uh, what Whipple has done and what he's able to do with what the players that they have. So um, you know it, when you're like everything else, if you're going to go down or you're going to go up, you're going to do it. You're going to do it your way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't. I just don't think it's what you're going to see it completely free reign or, or, or coach frost just, uh, letting the, the reins completely go. And he's, you know, he's a smart offensive coach. I mean, you know, he's going to have input and things also, you, you just tweak things here and there. Uh, you don't, you don't have time to do a complete revamp and nor do you need to. I mean, you just can't go. It's, it's what year five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't come in in the spring and say, okay, we're just, you know, we're, we're wiping out everything that we do. And this is where we're starting. And I think what you'll see in, with with an older coach that's been around, like Coach Whipple, he comes out, see these players, watches films, and, okay, this is how he thinks he can put these kids in the best position within what Coach Frost wants to do. And, that, and that's where the discussions, hey, do you have this? Hey, do you have this cover two beater? Here's, I like this kid. Maybe we we put him in the slot. It, it just, it just, it just, uh, it sparks conversation and then you, you know, you mold it together. But yeah, yeah, I've never been on a staff where a head coach wasn't involved in, you know, on either side of the ball. I mean, even, you know, Bo was a defensive guy. He still knew what was going on on the offensive side. It was just up to the offense to, Hey, this is, this, this is, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Same thing with Kirk at, uh, at Iowa. I mean, he let Norm, they let Norm run the defense. You know, there there wasn't, hey, I want this, I want that. But, you know, we had to be able to tell them what we were doing. So um, nobody's completely hands off, especially when you're uh, when your name's on the uh, on the top of it. So um, I think it I think I think they'll both uh, complement one another. 
and um, I can't imagine them not getting better this year. You know, with uh, with that, and I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure that, you know there, there's a, there's a reason why they went after an older, mature guy. It's just not it just doesn't have anything to do with Kenny Pickett. You know, Nebraska doesn't have a Kenny Pickett. You know they don't have a what's that receiver's name Addison or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't they don't they don't have that. So you know you're you're not that. No two years, no two players, uh, no two seasons are alike. So you just can't say okay we're going to do that. And I think if you look at Whipple's career everywhere that he's been, he's adapted to what the 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 the, camp, the talent has been on campus without wholesaling changing the philosophy of uh, of the offense. Kaz, what what did you guys run at Notre Dame? Was there a little option? Was it pro style? What what was the uh, I guess the bread and butter for you guys? I don't know, like I don't. I'm trying to think of like when pro style became a word. You know, um, kind of like old two gap and stuff like that. Um, what I, what I mean know, by I, what I, I mean I by that? Yeah, I, I know. Like yeah, we played a tight end and a fullback. We were a lot of pro sets, I guess. You know, regular. Um, you know, I right and left. No, we were, you know, we were, we were a lot 21, 21 personnel, 22 personnel, um, and, um, you know, uh, 12 personnel Mm -hmm. and 11, you know, maybe, maybe a little personnel. We had really good, we had really good tight ends. So, you know, they, we wanted to, um, keep our, our best players on the field, our tight ends probably for about a two year period there were better than our receivers. So to, to go 11 personnel and pull one of our tight ends off the field didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but we were able to run our entire offense out of all those personnel. But yeah, we were, you know, we were old trap option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were load option, you know, but a lot of it was, we were, we were, uh, you know, inside veer, outside veer, we, we did it all. And that's probably, you know, coach Holtz, we probably did a little bit too much, um, and, uh, you know, we changed a lot from, from week to week, you know, the techniques didn't change, but, you know, there was times where we came in and there was a lot of, a lot of changes within the, within the offense. And, uh, you know, that was a challenge to us and he thought we could handle it. But, uh, sometimes when you take, played some teams that might've been a little bit better than you caught up to look, caught up to us a little bit, but, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a lot of offense, um, we we did there wasn't a whole lot we didn't do quite frankly but when it came down to uh, when we needed a first down you know we lined up and you know we were we were a power eye team you know we were running some kind of pat uh some kind of power some kind of inside veer the only thing that changed a little bit was with the quarterbacks we had sometimes it was automatic give you know there was no read um you know you would run it like a read option but in the huddle, he was telling him to give it. And we had some stud fullbacks. You know, we had Ray Zellers, you know, Mark Edwards. And, you know, we had dudes that played in the NFL a really, really long time that we could uh, we could hand that beer off. And they had uh, fullback bodies with with tail, tailback speed. But, uh, you know, and a lot of our, our throwing game was a lot of uh, two-man routes with, uh, with play action. You know, back leaking out, back leaking out late, late um, checking protection, maxing it up, and and taking shots. But uh, yeah, we kind of we kind of did it all, and you know, we had the dudes that you could do it. We we had some smart dudes there. We had really smart quarterbacks. And if you played for Coach Holtz, man, you had to be a smart dude. If if you didn't you didn't know it, man, he he yanked you, and he pulled you. So put a lot of pressure on guys, which I thought which I thought was good. And then 
there was a lot of peer pressure from guys and guys didn't want to break the huddle when people actually huddled with uh with guys that didn't know what the hell they were doing so um yeah man but we we but when you talk about like philosophy you know we were we were a downhill hard nose we were gonna run the football we didn't care what you're lined up in and that was, uh, you know, that was how, how Coach Holtz built his teams, you know, around running the football. Rick Kaczynski is with us. A couple more minutes. Hail Varsity Radio. Kaz, what did you do as a, as a player when it came to hosting recruits? I'm sure there's a few kids you hosted. And, you know, what, what did you want to showcase uh, for a kid coming to Notre Dame? Well, you know, the thing with hosting, you know, as a player and a coach, you know, it's – I'm a firm believer, you know, get them, get them around your good players, right? Get them around the guys who are, who are playing, um, get them around and then get, get that guy to get them around other, other positive people. You know, you can't BS these kids, you know, there's no, it's, it's not, you're, you're recruiting, but you know, the coaches are telling you, everything great about the place you know the 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 academic folks are telling you everything great about the academic side of it you know but in in all reality where you get the truth from is is from the players um and uh you know as a player i you know we all of us i think at notre dame when we were coached up on this you know coach holds mate like listen this is how you get better by getting good get good players Mm -hmm. Um, and the coaches, uh, and coach Holtz, so they, you know, they talked to the players about how their visit went, you know, you want to show them a good time, but you didn't want to, you didn't want to go overboard, but a big part of it was getting them around the other dudes. So they saw the camaraderie, right? Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast, $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you for less than $20 can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and we're back fellas think we could listen to the radio listen? on hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery yes that's awesome. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. A few more minutes. Rick Kaczynski talking player visits and hosting recruits. Hey, man, you know, I'm tight end that moved to offensive line and, you know, it, you know, still hanging out with the tight ends. Um, hey, I'm going to take you here. I'm going to take you there. You know, this is what it's like. My freshman year sucked. It was hard. <laughs> you know, Coach Holtz told me to leave. They they, you know, they, you just tell the kids the truth. Cause I think kids at that age, they can really, they can really see what's real, what's truth. You know, they're, everybody's telling them it's so hard to decipher because everybody's telling them how great their place is, you know, mm-hmm. come here because it's so great where you get the truth from is, is the players. So, you know, you, you, and each player has different truth. You know, my truth as a freshman, you didn't, you didn't want to, you didn't want to. You didn't want me hosting anybody my freshman year because it was tough. Yeah, they, you know, they moved me from positions um, twice. Um, man, school's way harder than I anticipated. Even though I came from a great high school, 
it's I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, and this place is even worse weather wise, you know, so you don't you don't want me talking to a kid from from Florida. Not yet. But, you know, once I started playing and, you know, you start talking about, hey, dealing with those trouble, man, hey, everybody goes, doesn't matter where you go, you're going to deal with that, man. Hey, man, we all came together. We're going to leave together. And, you know, you, you've been on campus two, three years. You kind of know the, you know, the ropes, you know, you know, you know, you know, where the girls hang out, you know, what bars can get underage dudes in, you know, you know, all that stuff. So, so, um, you know, I think that's important. Um, probably shouldn't have said that on air, but even though everybody does it, but, you know, you just kind of have a maturity about it where, you know, you gotta, you have to be able to relay that confidence, that truth and that, um, uh, you know, just that honest assessment of where you're at and, you know, why you stayed there, why you chose it and the things that you went through. And I think it's really important as a coach and coaches have to be, especially assistant coaches, because assistant coaches know their players better than anybody. They know them better than the head coaches. So, you know, I, I want to get kids with the same type of personality is close to the same type of background. But, but also I just don't want them around that kid. I want them around. I want them around all the kids, you know, and if you got a good culture, if you got a good program, man, it's a, it's a positive. Um, so, you know, I've never really was at a place where you had to coach guys up on who not to take them around and what not to say and, and all those type of things. But to be honest with you, yeah. As a player and, and coach, you know, I visited Notre Dame. I mean, I, I can go back and look at the schools that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. They were all winning football games, yeah. you know, when I was coming out. When I was coming out, I mean, you know, everybody I looked at was they were winning ball games, man. You know, so ultimately, guys want to win football games. Every idiot high school kid thinks they're going to go to the NFL. So, you know, selling that NFL stuff, all that stuff is great. Um, you know, but, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta show examples, you know? Um, and you know, when you go to Notre Dame and you look at that Notre, you look at that tight end room going back to the sixties, you know, you go back to, you go, you look at that offensive line room going back in the, you know, to, since new from the Newt Rockney days, I mean, you can sell that stuff. And when you go to, when, when I was at Iowa and selling defensive line, you know, going back to the late seventies when coach Fry got there and Nebraska is selling all the things that they have, but you, you still got to be able to sell the present. Um, you know, when I was fortunate when I was at Nebraska, you could sell that present. Hey, we need help. We need a little bit of help, but we're really close, man. And this is what we've got. This is who we coach. This is going to be going and this is who you're going to be playing next to. So I think that's a really critical element is who these kids are going to be playing with. Cause at the end of the day, just like your baseball team, you know, daddy's, what, what do daddies do in baseball? Daddy's put daddy, uh, daddy coaches get the best players to play around their kid. That might not be a, the best baseball player, right? Cause they, <laughs> they want, they want to win. They want to win. Right. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's, it's, it's, it happens everywhere. And it's no different when you get up to that level, except there's no daddies involved. Kids want to win, man. You know, losing sucks. Winning's pretty cool. A lot of perks come with winning, man. So uh, so I think, you know, you can sell everything you want, but at the end of the day, guys, guys want to win football games and compete for championships. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. 
Kaz, uh, last quick thought, bud, when it comes to the uh, NCAA crackdown uh, with NIL, uh, the response, a little concern by boosters and collectives out there. Uh, you, you have the uh, the new guidelines that got put out yesterday clarifying that boosters, uh, especially those new companies that have been created, shouldn't have any contact with prospects, uh, either college athlete, athletes or family members or their reps. Uh, but uh, the guidelines were crafted here. I just, they had to do something, but I don't think there's a lot of fear in the NCAA anymore. Uh, by these collectives or or booster groups, because there's just been a lot of punishment that's been left undone with some pretty major things, not necessarily in football, but basketball is what I'm pointing to. Uh, well, I, I mean, when they went to the Supreme, when the, when it was ruled on, I mean, basically, I mean, I mean, what, what's the NCAA going to do right now? I mean, this is you're talking. This is a, a issue in antitrust. Yeah. I mean. I mean, good luck. I mean, you, you know, they they might be able to go after some small fish, but take on a collective with these, you know, big attorneys, right? With these people that have, uh, you know, have attorneys on retainer. Good good luck. I mean, there there's an accord in a in America that's 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 going to take that on. I mean, plus things will be things will be held up in in courts and lawsuits, and I mean. You're talk, it was a unanimous ruling. Mm-hmm. I mean, the court agreed with with the athletes that the NCAA violated antitrust. I, and I mean, the horses left the barn. I hate to mm-hmm. say, you know, use a cliche. I mean, I, what do you, what do you do? I mean, it's too late to set these to set these parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the as we knew it, amateur sports as as we knew it, it it's it's gone by the by the wayside. Uh, when it comes uh when it comes to the money but i mean i i don't know how the when you, when you got a unanimous ruling by the supreme court um that in the court unanimously agreed that the <laughs> with the athletes against the NCAA and that the NCAA violated antitrust where, where do you go I mean, honestly, what sanctions can you put on these collectives? Now, the only thing, you know, I think it's how the collectives and how these groups are, are, are operating. I think that's, that's, you know, that would be the only way. And those groups, and I'm sure those groups have thought about that, you know, um, I mean, how are they operating? Are they operating as a, as a nonprofit? Are they operating as a charity? I mean, are they operating as a business? You know, so so I think those are the things that you have to have to look at. But these bigger collectives, I mean, you you got really really smart people involved with this stuff, with smart attorneys. I mean, they're I'm sure they were anticipate. They thought about all this stuff. So I, I don't see anything changing. I don't think I don't I, I don't know how the NCAA. I mean, you're you're talking about a dog biting without any teeth. I mean, they're 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 a lame duck governing board right now. And in, in in my opinion, I just don't know how you go back. So. I mean that's just that's just my um, um, you know hot button take right there, but I just I, I don't see I don't see anything changing, man. You know, Rick Kaczynski with us, Kaz. Good to chat with you, brother. Have a good weekend. We'll do it again soon. And thanks for a few minutes. Of course, man. Appreciate you having me on. Good to get caught up with Kaz. Say Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski. So we're about to. 
five to ten minutes away from Mike St. James. Better Call Saul recap. Just two episodes left till the uh, finale. The big news of the day last night, Dylan Riola saying I'm all in for OHIO. So what's Nebraska's radar look like for 2024? And the normal Husker fan would be like, dude, let's just figure out Ireland and figure out the first five, six games of the year, get a little breathing room, get some positivity, get some wins, figure out 2024 on down the line. (laughs) But from a quarterback standpoint, Riola's commitment, and Mitch Sherman touched on this, a year ahead of time. That's how highly thought after he is. You have Ohio State taking a commitment now from him. Because of his talent level. So here's what Nebraska's got. Okay. You've got CJ Carr, Daniel Kalen. He's the Bellevue West quarterback. Alex Irby. He's out of Harrisburg, PA. And then you have Haas Henji. Those are the quarterbacks. One more on the name. One more on the list. And this news came out this morning. It's uh, Otis Jones. My man Otis. From Heard County High School. He got an offer today from Nebraska. So one more name to add to that list. Give, give me Otis's Otis info. Where is he from? He is from Heard County, and it's really hard to find him on Google, I've found, because he spells Otis with two T's. So uh, it, Google always autocorrects you. Did you mean Otis with one T? He doesn't come up, so you have to like specifically go search for Heard him. Heard County. Do yes, Heard County, Georgia. Georgia. Dude, good. So they're in SEC country. Here's what I know. I know that, like, CJ Carr is forecasted 50 almost 60 percent to to michigan right 18 offers 20 other schools interested and Carr has visited eastern michigan hasn't visited since he yet Uh, he's visited michigan back in september and and july of 2021 he's been to sparty uh, for their spring festivities on the 17th of March. Uh, he's visited Notre Dame three times. And he's visited Wisconsin three times. Does have a, an offer, medium interest to Nebraska. How about Kalen from Bell West? Uh, Minnesota's been in on him. Total of 11 schools Interested in him, eight offers. You have uh, Missouri. He's visited there twice. He has also been to Mississippi. Why not go to Ole Miss? Elijah can be your tour guide at the Grove. <laughs> and then uh, Sierraka, the, uh, the, the old slash new OC for Minnesota, has mm. been in there. Let's get up the road, though. Kid's a good ball player. So, yeah, Nebraska now offering out to Otis Tutis Jones. We'll see where it goes, but Carr sounds like to Michigan. But you got another kid in-state. Options, options. Yep, options there. Uh, Mike St. James next. Yeah.
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Little ice cube to get you in, but let us uh, transition to love doing this segment. Uh, dear friend and better call Saul aficionado, Mike St. James with us. Got turned on to this show by our dear friend Timo. St. James, how yeah. we, how we living? Oh, doing great. Doing great. How about you, Smitty? I'm ready for uh, for the weather to stay like it is. And I'm ready oh, for that, no that that damn that super meth lab to get complete. <laughs> it is taking a while, isn't it? Man, black and blue, the title of last night's episode. And Lalo made his return. If you're not a, a Better Call Saul fan or you're wondering who the hell's Lalo, he's got a just Freddie Mercury wants his mustache. Okay. <laughs> And the long and short of it is he's one of the, the Salamanca gang members that, that isn't uh, isn't as outwardly as crazy, okay? So No, but there's there's such a sense of menace about him. Whenever he's on screen, you know somebody could drop dead soon. Absolutely. He's a psycho terror, uh, big time. Yeah. So in last night's episode, you, you continue to see that Kim is rattled. We're, we're talking putting a door under the uh, the door handle to keep anyone from breaking in. Uh, Gus is still walking around with his bulletproof vest on and freaking out, having flashbacks and searching. Those two normally steady people are freaking out. And then we get a boxing match between Howard and Jimmy. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, God, I loved it. It, it was a lot like uh, Drago and Creed. Because you had Saul just sort of goofing around, and then, yeah, Drago just sort of leveled him. I, I was I was expecting Duke to yell, throw the damn towel. Yeah, screaming at him. <laughs> don't you throw the towel. No, and I was hoping, Howard, I don't like Howard. I mean, I know, I know Saul's a goon, but I was hoping Jimmy'd win, and, and he got, he got his butt kicked and he even cheated, stepped on the guy's foot to try and knock him down. Yeah. And and it didn't work but out. It I like that Howard's not a pushover. He's he's a he's an adversary that they they gotta up their game to deal with, but I think they will because what Kim was saying to Saul afterwards, Saul was like, Why did I do that? And she said, Because you know what's coming. So something is coming. Howard thinks he's on top of this. He thinks he's out in front of those two. He thinks he knows what's going on. But I think they've got something left for him that he's got no clue about. So you're going to have Kim and Howard square off, and eventually we'll have Lalo and Gus square off, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
Now, what's your the fact your, that Gus is the fact that Gus is scared and nervous and frustrated. You don't see him off his game at all, but now he is. Ever you never see it when he was introduced. So clearly, like, have they given it away that that Lalo's done dealing? Like Gus, Gus has got to win that battle, but Hector wins the war type deal. Yeah, yeah, you, you think that's got to happen. Have we come to any clearer sense of what happens with Kim? Does she get does she get disbarred by Howard? Does she lose the war and just kind of go away, or does she win Sandpaper and Sandpiper? Sorry, uh, and go uh, go live in the Caribbean somewhere? I mean, eventually she ditches Jimmy. We think. The way she's going, though, it doesn't look like it's going to be a happy ending for her. Um, whether she lives or dies, we don't know. But, you know, she seems to she's she's pushing this real hard. And and it looks like it's it's got to hit her back at some point. Mike St. James with us. Hail Varsity Radio recapping Better Call Saul's latest episode, uh, Black and Blue, uh, highlighted by the Howard Saul Goodman boxing match. What's your take on on Margarita, the, the the widow? And just to recap, Warner Ziegler was the mastermind behind Gus's super secret meth lab, and all of a sudden, Lalo uh, is able, to, not by coincidence, doing his research. I think he's the one that's going to spill the guts on this lab to the rest of the uh, the cartel. Yeah, it seems like that's that's in the works here. Uh, that's one of the great things about this show is you meet Werner Ziegler's widow and you like her almost immediately. And you're scared for her life when he's walking her home and Lalo's walking her home and she's, she's debating whether to invite him in or not. You're saying don't invite him in. And then later the next day when he breaks in because she didn't invite him in and then she comes back when when that little dog is barking, you're going, oh, God, no, don't let this happen. So that show, just in a few minutes, you introduce a character and you make the viewers just fear for her right away. And God, that's just one of the great things about the writing and directing, the acting, everything everything that goes into this show is top notch. Well, I was surprised he didn't whack her. He put his uh, silencer on. He yeah. es- He escaped. I mean, he showed a heart last night a little bit. Yeah, and and you wonder, did he, was he, you know, was he sort of, did he like her? Did, is he like, I, I don't have, I don't want to kill her, you know. Whereas before, it's like he'll kill whoever it is who could inconvenience him in the least. So is Lalo's next stop the uh, the the the, uh, the German conglomerate corporation head that that ends up, you know, offing himself in in Breaking Bad? Yeah, that could be. That'll be interesting to see how long he stays in Germany and what he gets, what what he does there. What's next? Do we see Walt and Jesse? Because there's two episodes left, correct? Yeah, two two until the midseason break. Okay, so this is. I thought this was it. This was it. I thought we're like two episodes left, or we have another six episodes after this. Yeah, just like they did with 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 Ozark. You take a break and then you come back with a few more. Oh, so we're not we're, okay. I thought like the series finale was done in two. No, no, you got it, it'll. I think it's off for like six weeks or so, and then early to mid July it comes back. Okay. Well, so thanks, I was for, thinking that, thanks for that. There's a lot that needed to get done, my friend, between now and two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd been great if you would have thought, you know, in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's that's how it ends. What? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? 
we were gonna have like a Game of Thrones ending where they just speed run through the last <laughs> couple episodes just to get to the finish. Yeah, I'm, yeah, six episodes. I, I would sure. think though, in a couple episodes, I I hope we see Walt and Jesse just before that mid season break. I hope that's one of the things that gets everybody crazy and and we're all fired up then to wait for six weeks and, and catch some more of the show. Uh, Mike St. James recapping Better Call Saul, Hale Varsity Radio. About uh, 30 seconds, don't give it away. But what did you think of Ozark? Oh, uh, I didn't. I was not happy. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say. Yeah, without saying why, I will just say, yeah, I was not happy with that. How about you? It, it, seemed, it seems like they're not done. But I, I know they're yeah. done. It, with the, the way it went down, I was expecting somebody to come out of the, uh, well, out, out of the, uh, the bushes and, and save one of the world's favorite characters. Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. I was hoping to. But the, uh, the P.I. getting offed, that was, uh, <laughs> that, was in, that was interesting by who pulled the trigger. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Mike St. James. Well, Mike, we'll gear up next Tuesday for another recap, bud. Thanks for jumping in. You bet, Schmitty. Have a great night. All right, there he goes. Mike St. James, a.k.a. Sparty, joining us. His thoughts on Better Call Saul. We'll wind out a Tuesday next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Big thank you to Mike St. James, Rick Kaczynski, Coach Kaz, and Mitch Sherman today. The podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give us a rating, good, bad, ugly. We love to hear the feedback. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio and uh, find us that way. Tomorrow on the show, uh, Justin LaPera, he is the director. He put it all together. And uh, I know you're excited about it if you're a Nebraska football fan. Day by day, that documentary drops Thursday at the Rococo, daybydaymovie.com, where you go to get your movie tickets. And it's going to be awesome. The, um, the, the, the Rise is what it's titled, the first part of the documentary. So that will uh, be there for you Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think there's showings uh, for you, the Nebraska football fan. So he will be in studio with this uh, a good portion of Hour 2 tomorrow. We'll stream that on ESPN Lincoln Twitter, on Facebook Live. And uh, we'll just uh, get it locked in. Excited about that. Mike Babcock, Mike Schuhart tomorrow. Ron Brown Thursday, right before the documentary. 
uh, is released. So we'll talk with Coach there. So busy week for us. You can email the show as always, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. You got your civic duty done, correct? Yes, I, I got my voting done. I was, uh, well, so let's let's take it all the way back to last night because I got a brand new pre-workout to use and I went to the gym yesterday, played some basketball, got in a quick workout, tried this new pre-workout. So is the pre-workout code for shake? No, it's it's you're like gummy. The, or it's like the it's powder stuff, right? The powder stuff you put in a drink and it makes a, a very caffeinated drink, creatine, whole bunch of supplements in it. Tried a new one, um, recommended to me by a friend, and I didn't check the fine print till afterwards of how much caffeine was you in there. Can't it was pass a, a test, can you? No, it was over three hundred milligrams of caffeine in that. And I didn't finally uh, have the ability to fall asleep until like 3 a.m. last night. <laughs> so it totally messed up my day. Got out and voted late because I slept in late this morning because, again, I didn't get to bed until or didn't finally fall asleep till like 3 a.m. And it was a whole thing. Got out and voted. And now tonight I'm off to the Sticks and Ario Speedwagon concert. So. Nice. That's so right. That it's done at uh, PBA. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Got moved from uh, Pinewood Bowl because they were worried about the, uh, the ground being a little too saturated with water. So going off to PBA right after the show ends and going down and seeing Sticks and Ario Speedwagon. It should be good, and then going to try to recover some sleep tomorrow. Or I guess good tonight. work. There's the, the, the pre-workout quasi-endorsement from one Elijah Herbert. Yeah, if you don't want to sleep for the next 12 hours, feel if free. you want to inject it into your veins. <laughs> uh, let's get qualified one more time for a Tuesday with the uh, Beef Up Your Backyard ESPN. Lincoln, be caller 9 right now. Caller 9. 800-825-5865. How about it? That Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Also, gift card to Russ's Market. That will handle the meat you want to throw on the smoker. It's really cool. And if you're in town, if you're in Lincoln, swing on by Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Take a gander at it. Uh, Caller 9 now. More chances for you tomorrow with the morning hookup. And, of course, Hale Varsity. Talk to you at 4. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.